Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Robbie Falk, who covers all things Mississippi State for 24-7 Sports as well as for the Starkville Daily. And Robbie, once again, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. And we know that uh, it's in the middle of football season. We've already seen a lot of the games played in Mississippi State, top 25 team. Only have one loss on the season to LSU. Have a big game against Arkansas this upcoming Saturday. But just kind of give us a, a breakdown of how this season has gone for Mississippi State and has this been expected? Yeah, I mean, everything's been pretty smooth so far with the exception of that LSU game. Um, I thought the LSU game, to me, was a little bit of an anomaly for how State's played, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think they were going on the road into that environment. You know, it's been tough for Mississippi State to win in Baton Rouge, and it just seemed like they were not really on their game. But other than that, everything's going about as planned. I mean, I predicted them to be 4-1 and one at this point. Um, preseason. I thought LSU was going to be the only loss coming in the Arkansas game. So, so far, so good for Mississippi State. When you think of Mike Leach coach teams, you're thinking pass-heavy offense. Any differences you've noticed in this year's team, both offensively and defensively? Defensively, has been kind of the same. Zach Arnett is what he is. He's going to be very aggressive, and he's shown that so far. Um, on offense, I've been really impressed with the, the, a little tweak in the offense as far as the balance is concerned. And maybe that's just what Will Rogers is seeing. Maybe it's more comfortability to run the football a little bit. Uh, you know, Maybe it's being year three for these running backs. I don't know what it is, but the numbers are up uh, in the running game. And not only are the carries up, but the production is up. They went from averaging – I think just over three yards per rush through five games last year, and they're averaging almost five yards per rush this year. And the, the two running backs, the two uh, starters, I guess they're almost co-starters, Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Martin, those guys are averaging almost six yards a rush. So I think that's had a lot to do with the offense. The offense is averaging well over 30 points a game, um, and they've just looked a lot more fluid. And I think a lot of that has to do with the ability just to show that you can run the football and that that's more of a threat than it has been. Yeah, I was just looking at the numbers. You got Mississippi State that's averaging 350 yards passing per game, roughly, and then uh, just a little under 100 yards rushing per game. And, and the defense giving up about 20, 21, 22 points per game there, too. It, it just seems like that uh, Mike Leach has definitely been able to uh, put in a system. And then with somebody like Will Rogers, who's coming up on breaking a record, it seems like he's been kind of the focal point. Uh, has he been? Is this the best start that he's had since he's been at Mississippi State? Because he's kind of a veteran that's been there for quite a, quite a few years. Yeah, definitely. You know, he looks he looks very much in command of the offense. Um, he's been playing now for uh, twenty plus football games. He's been your starter, and uh, about midway through his freshman year, they turned to him, and that's a very rare. Thing for a Mike Leach team to have a true freshman out there running that offense. And I thought he performed fairly well uh, late, in the, late in the season as a true freshman. Last year took some lumps, but he still threw for well over 4,000 yards. He had the best passing season in Mississippi State history and was a 70% uh, passer from his completion percentage. 
And this year you're starting to see a guy that has real poise, real command, who's been able to get the ball down the field a little more. State's one of the leaders nationally in 20-plus yard touchdown passes. So they're having a little more explosiveness in their offense. You've really seen Will evolve from a guy that just didn't screw up to a guy that can really make some big plays and win some big ball games for you. And I think he's starting to blossom into that kind of quarterback. Impressive performance for Mississippi State against Texas A&M. What were some of the keys to winning that game against A&M, who was coming off a big win themselves? I thought the big thing was turning A&M over. A&M had a couple of trips inside the red zone where they fumbled the football, and that was killer for them. It started in the uh, early second quarter. Um, Devon A-Chain was just running, the, was gashing State's defense, got inside the 10-yard line, fumbled. State drove right down the field and scored a touchdown on a nice drive, and it's 7 nothing. They go up 14 nothing with under two minutes left in the first half, and A&M gets inside the red zone, and they fumble again. So you go from potentially scoring to cutting that lead, and then you get the ball back at halftime to fumbling it, and you're down 14 nothing. And then you look up, and you got a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. You get a pick six from the defense. So I thought the big plays from the defense special teams were huge, and then also – just taking care of the football on the offensive side of the ball, finishing drives. They've been really good inside the red zone. I think they scored 16 out of 17 times or something like that. So just just being really efficient on offense and opportunistic on defense, making the big plays. Because they gave up some big plays, but they never really let that hurt them. They, they bent, but they didn't break. And I thought that was kind of the biggest thing for State. They were the more poised team in the game. Speaking with Robbie Falk, uh, covering all things Mississippi State with 24-7 Sports as well as the Starkville Daily here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Robbie, we know that Arkansas is kind of limping into this game. you got a situation with K.J. Jefferson. Don't know if he's going to play. Uh, they've had, uh, you know, everyone's losing to Bama, but then they had that tough loss against A&M. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Razorbacks. But if the Razorbacks are going to go into Starkville and win, how do you do it? What's the weakness of this team? What's the thing that they've struggled with the most so far this year? Well, I think, first of all, the the biggest key for Arkansas is is somehow getting K.J. Jefferson out on the field. I mean, taking away somebody like that, a weapon like that, that can not only beat you with his legs but beat you with his arms, um, as well as just about anybody in this league, that's going to be tough to overcome. Um, But if you have, uh, you know, Malik Hornsby or Kate Fortin in there, I mean, those guys have got to be able to execute at a really high level against this defense. This defense is probably going to bring a lot of pressure on whoever's at quarterback and try to make things uncomfortable. Um, and they'll, they'll deal with a big play. They don't, Zach Arnett does not mind giving up a big play. He wants to try to force the offenses into mistakes. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of pressure there. Um, and, and KJ Jefferson's going to be the guy that can handle that the best, I think. Uh, but if they are in there, those guys, have got to be able to execute. And then on defense side of the ball, I think they're going to have to force some turnovers and get this Mississippi State offense off the field, make sure they're not controlling the clock, um, and get your get your offense more possession. I think that's going to be the key thing. Because State is – you look at the air raid, you think, well, they're throwing the ball around, maybe there's some exciting plays. But really, this is kind of a ball control offense. This offense can run a lot of clocks and possess the football for – 
you know, almost a quarter of play sometimes. So getting that offense off the field, forcing some big turnovers like they did early in that game in 2020, I think is the biggest thing that can happen for Arkansas to have a chance in this game. How much does Mississippi State get the running backs involved in a passing game? We know with uh, receivers, of course, it's vital, but with the running backs, you're wanting to be more balanced, but how much are they involved in the passing game? They've been a good bit for the first two years. I think that's dropped off just a little bit just because that's kind of the evolution of Will Rogers. I thought he kind of relied on them a little too much as a freshman and some last year too with some dump-offs. You know, if he didn't really go through his progressions, he'd dump it off to a running back. And those plays weren't really getting a whole lot of yards. I think now he's starting to go through his progressions a little better and get the ball down the field to his receivers. So you, you won't see those running backs nearly as much, I don't think, as you did the last couple of years. But that they kind of made up for that by getting them more involved in the running game. But they are a piece of the passing offense as well. Now, Robbie, I was looking at the schedule for Mississippi State, and obviously starting off 4-1 has been pretty solid, but this Arkansas game is a big one. But then you got at Kentucky, at Bama. You got Georgia at home. You got at Ole Miss. We know the schedule is pretty brutal. So, uh, what's the viewpoint of this Arkansas game? Looks like it might be a pretty winnable one. But what's the? How big is this game for them to be able to kind of get ahead of the game instead of get behind the eight ball before the schedule really gets tough? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, this was the three game stretch that we circled um, on our podcast on our site, talking about this team preseason. We circled this three-game stretch. This was the, this was the stretch for Mississippi State. They needed to come out of this at least two and one. They've won one of those games. Now they need to get this one. And I think for State, I mean, you have to take it with the old coach-speak approach of going one week at a time at this point. Um, at Mississippi State and at a lot of schools that are underneath Alabama and Georgia, you're trying to not only get bowl eligible but get to seven, eight wins and a lot of people are happy with that here. Um, this is not a place that expects to win SEC championships, compete to go to Atlanta or anything like that. They're, this year, the goal has been to get to eight wins and then see what happens from there. To get to eight wins, I don't think you can get there without winning one of these next two games. And I really think they need to win both of these games to really take that next step. And that's going to be difficult. It's, it's going to be very difficult to beat this Arkansas team because they're not going to quit. I don't care if K.J. Jefferson's not playing um, or who's at quarterback. Sam Pittman, Barry Odom, Kendall Bryles, these are are top-of-the-line coaches. They're going to have that team motivated. And this is not, you know, the Arkansas team that Mississippi State was playing a few years ago. Um, This is going to be a very difficult game for for State. And I think it's, it's the most important game of the season to this point because it's during this stretch and you're trying to get to that eight-win uh, mark. And I, I feel like if you want to move in that next direction, you have to win games like this. It's going to be the last home game before hitting the road for those next couple of games. How have the crowds been uh, so far this season? What do you expect to see from a crowd standpoint for this Arkansas game? The atmosphere has been really good. I think the, you know, the fan experience thing – uh, has been really good for Mississippi State this year. It's the fan base itself, the crowd, have not been overly impressive. The Memphis game is probably the most impressive to this point, and it was only great for a quarter because of a lightning delay. 
You know, Bowling Green was really sparse. There was a lot of empty seats last week against A&M. I expect a better crowd than we saw last week against A&M, and there's been a push to get more people in the seats this week. But, you know, as everybody knows, I mean, it's just it's tough to get people to leave their couch these days. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, 11 a.m. game. If this was a night game, I'd, I'd call it a sellout. But um, I, I still think it's going to be a really fun atmosphere, um, and I think it'll be a, a you know really good game, too. You know, just to go back to that, Robbie, I was just a little surprised to hear that because I understand that you know there's a, a thing going on in all sports where people would rather you know watch games from home and everything. But I mean, you're talking about last week, you're playing number 17 Texas A&M in a, in a big game, and there were empty seats. I, I I mean, I'm not trying to hate on Mississippi State or anything. I was just surprised to hear that because I feel like, man, if you got a great product, you got a fun offense, you got a fun style, and you got a a good game, you know, that place would be packed to the rafters. I would assume. Yeah, I agree. It was it was uh, it was very strange. I I thought it would be a better crowd than it was. That tickets were not really flying off the shelves um, on the secondary market. It was it was kind of strange how it played out. But um, as of right now, I heard yesterday that they had sold fifty five thousand. So they're about five thousand short right now. I think it'll be close to a sellout. So it should be their best crowd of the year. Weather's going to be great. Um, the 11 a.m. kickoff is the only thing that, that could possibly hurt it because I think people are starting to get a little more excited. But it's taking some time for this fan base to, to jump on board with Mike Leach. I, I just, you know, sometimes the product's not overly exciting, but I think it's getting there. I think you're starting to see a more exciting offense on the field. The defense is fun to watch. So, I, you know, you win this weekend, and then you, maybe you win against Kentucky. I think that next home game after Alabama uh, with Georgia, I think it's – or whoever comes up after that, um, that'll be a pretty good crowd. And Auburn, I think, to that play. So, I, I think people are close. It just takes this fan base a while sometimes to really kind of jump on board the bandwagon. The defense probably does have a big part of that because you think of Mike Leach teams, you don't think defense first and foremost, but – as far as the fans, everybody knows about the cowbells. Now, do they kind of do they stretch it a little bit as far as the rules on when they're supposed to ring those cowbells? They've actually done a really good job since they the SEC put it put that into place that they had to stop ringing them when the quarterback is over uh, under the center or you know in the shotgun and he's set, and the crowd really does a pretty good job of that I, I didn't think it would ever work but they've done a pretty good job of that and now when they snap the ball the bells are ringing again but uh, when the center is on the ball you usually hear it go to kind of a silence as far as the, the cowbells are concerned and everybody just starts yelling so I, I've been kind of surprised by that yeah we always have been curious about how it works over there and how you know you deal with the rules and everything because have, can you remember a time where they, they've they gotten called for a penalty or, or gotten in trouble or anything like that for the sound? Because, I mean, I haven't watched all Mississippi State football, but I mean, have they done a good job just over the past few years of making sure that it stays in the place? Yeah, you know, Auburn was the, was the program that really kind of, like, rose to stink over that. I think it was Shug George Gurdon that first started that, uh, complaining to the SEC and um, way back, and so they wanted to ban the cowbells. I, I'm pretty sure Tommy Tupperville at one point got involved in that too. And several years ago, they 
the SEC came out and said if you if you can't bring your cowbells responsibly, then they'll be banned. And that, there was a point where the artificial noisemakers were banned, but you know people kept sneaking them in, and you know you would get a reprimand from the conference. I think there might have been a fine at one point, but you know there was a push by Scott Strickland, I think, who was the AD at the time, to uh, respect the bell is what they called it, and they wanted to make sure that fans uh, rang their cowbells responsibly, and the fans ended up complying, and it hadn't really been an issue since. Well, before we let you get out of here, Robbie, how do you think this game goes down? Do you think Mississippi State takes care of business, and if so, how much by? I think State wins this game. It's just, you know, going in as far as, like, how much it, it will be, it all depends on KJ Jefferson to me. I mean, I'm so confused on how to pick this ball game because I don't know if KJ's going to play because I think he makes that big of a difference. Um, If KJ was playing, I think this game's going to be really close. I I especially think that Arkansas can cover the spread, which is is going up to eight, I think, last I looked, which tells me that Vegas knows something. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I – I think without KJ, it can it could possibly unravel for Arkansas just because of the unknown. And anytime you lose a quarterback, uh, especially like that, I mean things can fall apart for you. But I don't expect Arkansas to come out there and lay down. Um, I, you know, things could go bad for them on offense. I don't know, but I I just expect this game to be close at least for three quarters. Well, Robbie, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the game this weekend, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you later down the road. Yeah, guys, I appreciate you having me on.